0: Gonzaga Nation SI rolls on with more coverage of your Gonzaga Bulldogs with myself, Dan Dickow, as well as fellow All-American, Adam Morrison. Well, Mo, Gonzaga is obviously the clear-cut favorite, to win the WCC, but every year it seems there's a couple upstarts or there's a couple programs that continue to think they have a shot yeah. at contending with Gonzaga for the championship. One of those has been BYU since they've come to the league. Uh, Gonzaga hosts BYU this Thursday yeah. before they host Santa Clara on Saturday. What do you see from BYU? Cause I know you follow West coast basketball mm-hmm. pretty well. Uh, kind of you know the same as we've seen in the
1: years past like really solid on the perimeter um, you know decent bigs not overly athletic but bigs that kind of know their role and then they play within themselves as a team they're always going to play hard defensively um, you know they're always going to take care of the basketball not terribly athletic but not uh, where it's you know a, a hamper to the team they can compete is what I'm trying to say. Um. So yeah, it, it's going to be a, another tough battle. They've had success against us at our home floor in years past. Um. So I'm really looking forward to the matchup Thursday. But um, you know, I think talent wise, obviously we're better.
0: Yeah, talent wise, we definitely get the upper hand. I think to be honest with you, I think talent wise, we have the upper hand against anybody in the country outside of, and I don't even know if I can say this Duke. I mean, yeah. you look at top eight talent. I think we beat them talent. Mm-hmm. Paulo Banchero's is pretty dang good. Yeah, though. He's, pretty, he's a good
1: player. So you yeah. go
0: back to, you go back to BYU, uh, they just came off of a 52, I think 43 win against St. Mary's. Yeah, and exactly. usually, usually you're looking at a crisp St. Mary's offensive team and a high paced BYU team. That yeah. wasn't the case. When you look at a score like that, does it make you want to go back and watch the game and prep for your radio broadcast? Or you're like, uh, oh, the stat sheet shows me enough.
1: Yeah, stat sheet shows me enough. Fifty two forty three. I mean, that's a I mean, that's a low scoring game. Obviously, you know, those teams have had good games in the past against each other, and then obviously they know what each other runs, so you can kinda of get into a uh, you know, a slow, trudgy game. And I think St Mary's would rather play that style anyway. Um, but fifty two forty three could be a, a tough one. So yeah, I'm just gonna Skip that one for the prep.
0: Yeah. You, you look at Gonzaga had 117 points yeah. against Pepperdine. Quick math 52 43. That combined score doesn't even match up yeah. with the 117. So uh, I think I'm going to be right there with you and not re watching that game. No. Um, <laughs> when you look at BYU, though, they came in the league. Dave Rose was their head coach. Yep. They were playing really up tempo. Mark Pope's now the head coach. Um, did you ever play against Mark in the NBA? No, I don't think so. Was he done by that time? I, I, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. no, had no idea. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to see this, but he'll probably text me if by chance someone in yeah. BYU tells me he didn't really play much. Yeah. But I guess you could say that about myself too. And myself too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the style that BYU plays though, mm-hmm. they, they, they do a nice job of letting guys get up and down the floor. Yeah until their injuries this year, they tried to play inside out and space it and then get the guys um open at three point line. When you look at an inside out attack as a scorer, like yourself, what's your focus as an inside out attack? Like, yeah. what do you like if, if you're a wing and you know, your team's playing inside out and you're like, man, I got to get the ball inside here to open something up for me. What do you, look Oh, at I there? mean,
1: if you're, yeah, if you got a good, a post player obviously especially if he's a double team guy you can throw it in and then rotate to open spots um as far as like you know trying to uh get yourself going as a scorer i guess you just if you're going to take shots and not throw it inside you just hope you make them
0: (laughs) (laughs) simple game well
1: i mean if you're going to buck the system a little bit and try to get yourself going that's really all you can do um but yeah i mean some coaches allow you to have that freedom i don't know how mark pope it seems like he he allows their players to play with some freedom. Uh, but yeah, like if you're going inside out and, and then, you know, maybe you try to get out and run, then you try to get the ball early in and transition and attack in that, that situation. It was always tough though. I mean, you, you played on the perimeter as well. Like, you know, you don't want to not throw it to your bigs, but sometimes it's like, you're kind of in the way, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but like I could take my guy and I can get a layup. With, it's a better shot than a six foot jump hook with hands in your face. Would you ever get upset at guys at, at oh, Gonzaga yeah. that are just like...
0: Well, the, and that's the beauty of how the offense of has evolved. Yeah. It's almost like... And if you look st- analytically, a post-up is not a good shot anymore. Yeah. That's what I'm it saying. really isn't. Yeah. A lot of the post-ups are to create foul pressure. Yeah. Um. Now, Gonzaga is a little bit of an outlier because Drew Timmy's great on the post. Yeah. But... I agree with you. Space, if if you don't have a rock solid low post threat, mm-hmm. space the floor, bring guys up, give driving angles to a guy who's skilled on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's like kind of how the game's going now. And like you said, we have an outlier in Drew Timmy's uh, back to the basket that you don't really see, especially bounce down, bounce down, bounce down. They could still get a good shot, but yeah, analytically now, pick and dive and then fade your way out to the out towards the line So the. You know, free throw line stuff like
0: that. So BYU's come in here; they've knocked off Gonzaga a couple times. In particular, the one I remember is the year Gonzaga was looking at an undefeated season. Yeah. Um was that the year you the were on? Four, yeah, the final, final four, four year team. was that the year you were on staff? Because no, I can't keep no
1: years. No, way. I was uh, my my years on so like Pangos was on the team. And okay, stuff like that. But yeah, that I thought just from an outside perspective. That was a good loss for that team, even though it was senior night and they lost at home. Like, we didn't have to go to the NCAA tournament undefeated. It's the first year they made the Final Four, I believe. It was um, Nigel's year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it took that pressure away. Still number one seed, still whatever. And they just didn't have to worry about that. So, sometimes I, I look at those losses not. I'm not rooting for them, but when they happen, you know, a lot of times...
0: You're not heartbroken like a lot of fans are. A
1: lot of fans are upset. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And rightfully so, that's why we have good fans, because they care. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, yeah, in the context of things, like this is a lot of pressure that just got alleviated for nothing Um, that would be on them if they walked into the tournament. Because how much do they have to talk about it this year? I mean, that was part of the issue. Or, I mean, last year, excuse me, for, for the championship game, I think if it was such a layup for Baylor uh, motivation wise, not that you wouldn't be motivated, but there is real things of like, Hey man, they haven't talked about you guys for two weeks. They're talking about this team being undefeated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a real thing. And then guys get a little bit more juiced up. Like, yeah, man, let's, let's ruin this. And then blah, blah, blah. I think you can take that pressure away. I think it's just good for, uh it's
0: easier for teams. Okay. BYU had a, Rock star, kind of like you were a rock star in college, mm-hmm. right after you and Jimmer Fredette. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were—that was the point where you were in the NBA. So mm-hmm. you're focused a little bit on your own stuff. But do you remember the Jimmer mania across the country at all? Uh, yeah, man, I remember. Didn't he? Didn't they play him in the tournament? And he, yeah.
1: He killed us. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, it was a real thing. And obviously, he's a, a great player. And you know, I—I I remember Brian Michaelson saying, like, can you imagine if you? Not you guys, but like you got to play in Provo mm-hmm. with the crowd, like what you would have done. I'm just like, it's probably good if we didn't because it would have been bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, why, why would that have been bad? I don't know. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's what he was referencing. And I was All right, like, well, gotcha. uh, yeah, maybe so. Like, uh, yeah. So I, it, yeah, he's obviously a good player and, um, you know, hopefully they uh, can find that type of player again when they move to the Big 12. Aren't they going to the Big 12 then? Now? Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's this year it's or next, next year is their last year in the WCC. And then, yeah, they're going to the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, their facilities are Big 12 level. I mean, the yeah. Marriott Center is, what, seventeen, eighteen thousand. 18,000? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great atmosphere. It
1: is. That's what I was that's that's ref- referencing before with Brian. It's like, it, it would have been a hyped game. and. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, you know, fanfare and stuff like that. It is a great atmosphere, especially obviously when we play there, it's sold out and they get, they get going a little bit. They beat us. It was two years ago before COVID, Mm -hmm. senior night there, and they stormed the court. And me and Huddy are trying to finish up a broadcast and there's (laughs) kids everywhere. And it was an interesting broadcast because we do an hour post game. So we're trying to get through that and they're kind of giving us crap and stuff. And it was funny, but it's like, all right. Kiddos, you know, and like have fun. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was cool, but uh it's a good a college, but basketball atmosphere. There's not very many of them in the country left that are positive. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that are positive. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to hear a lot of four letter words no. coming out of that student section. No, not at all. You would have repeated a couple four letter words back, though, wouldn't you have? You, you played have, with an edge. You would have too. <laughs> Why am I just portrayed as some <laughs>
1: heathen? You're probably. Here, right. Like,
0: well, on that. <laughs> Is there a every young player, the first time you're on TV, yeah. right? You go back and you watch it over and over, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in college. I remember my freshman year at UW. Okay. We were getting just spanked by uh Arizona. Mm-hmm. This was the year after Arizona won their title. Oh okay. so they had so they had Bibby, Jason Terry, Miles Simon, Mike Dickerson. They were I, they, loaded. Everybody, yeah. They had everybody. And we were getting just crushed at Heck Ed and i remember there was like a foul or something i got knocked to the floor and i threw off a little f-bomb and the camera was zoomed right in on, on me in. There you and go. i remember that was the first time like i was on a national tv mm-hmm. game and then it was a zoom in and it just you, happened to be i dropped were, a, were a, proud, a excited no, but my my <laughs> wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. she now, she consistently reminds me of that if something, you know, yeah. like, hey, do you remember that? It was, <laughs> there you go. It wasn't my brightest moment, but it's, it's the emotion of okay. the game. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. No, like, it, mean, in the right setting, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: If it's in the right context, I think uh, swearing is, is highly... Uh, not frowned upon i i enjoy it if it's in the right context
0: and again yeah, the right context i mean you couldn't do it doing what you do <laughs> yeah. and i couldn't do no. it uh with the radio but you have an hour of post game yeah because i know i listen to you guys a lot when i head home yeah, yeah. after our broadcast yeah you guys just we do two you, and a half minutes yeah and we're you out. sign
1: off and you guys are out the door yeah we have an hour post game hour pre-game shows as well so we you know, we burn the midnight oil or whatever. You light the candle or whatever the hell the people say about that stuff. But, yeah, it's fun. I mean, there's some games where, like, the last game, Pepperdine, it's, it was a 40-point blowout or whatever, basically, or 30. So you're kind of like, what do you talk about after half sure. an hour? But you got to pay the bills. Yeah. So I get, I get the aspect of it. But sometimes it's like, okay, how are we going to get through this segment without repeating what I just said? 15 minutes ago earlier, I got say it a different way now.
0: Well, that's the nice thing with us as we get going with this Gonzaga Nation mm-hmm. SI. We'll start to have former teammates yeah. and, and players from Gonzaga where they'll join us and we can ask their stories as opposed to us kind of talking about each particular game, which is fun in its own right. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where at some point you can only talk the – blowout positively that many times yeah no
1: because then you start and to me you start looking at you know nitpicking stuff that really doesn't matter because like you know a lot of times in a you know blowout there'll be five or six more turnovers than there should have been because guys play a little bit loose after Mm -hmm. they're up 25 so then if you want me to look at the stat sheet it's like you know, Gonzaga won by thirty, and they had seventeen turnovers. And then, so then, are you going to sit there and be like, "They need to take care of the basketball"? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Of course they do. But my goodness, if they were up twenty five for you know three quarters of that game, you might throw a bounce pass on a back cut that you probably shouldn't throw, or you might try to charge. You know, you have to have a charge or something. Mm-hmm. So like, that's where it gets sticky because then I don't want to sit there and just be like nitpicking, but also i said sometimes you're like well it's kind of tough to to go over um you know every aspect of the game what is nice is you know huddy's obviously a professional and then we a lot of times we preview the next game coming up or we just kind of we'll talk houston houston astros baseball and stuff is that like your stuff. baseball team the astros no huddy's from houston, oh he is so yeah okay a lot of the topics are about when they cheated and stuff like that and we've gone on some tangents and i've had people tell me like actually we like it like talk about something else.
0: Yeah. Well, let's do the boring thing and preview Santa Clara. Let's do it. <laughs> what do you know of Santa Clara? I, I, <laughs> or have I, you started your prep? Yet?
1: I have not started my prep for Santa Clara. I think, uh, um, yeah. Are they any good? I have no clue. I
0: think they were, they're coming off a COVID pause. Yeah. They were 10 and five in the non-conference Herb Sendik's a really good coach, but can they break into the top four in the league? That's the question.
1: See, that's the thing. And, and a little bit of, you know the lack of understanding of where everybody else sat. I've been focusing on San Francisco because they're what twelve. They were twelve and one last time I looked. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously BYU is always up there with that big win against Oregon early in the season, and then they've consistently been the team that's challenged us the most besides St. Mary's the last what five ten years, and then St. Mary's obviously. So with some of these other programs, it's not like you just completely overlook them, but. You, you know you kind of want to be like are you really a pretender contender not contender in the sense of you know you're gonna uplift uh you know outseat Gonzaga but do you have a real shot of being an NIT or better type mm-hmm. team you know what I'm saying yeah. and, and I think those four counting ourselves I just mentioned definitely do now could Pepperdine and Santa Clara Santa Clara obviously with a good record move into that absolutely anybody has that chance but I think the top half of the league is is a lot better than the middle half or lower half, I guess, this year.
0: Knowing that the league is better, and I asked Lorenzo Romar this before the game the other day, is this the best you've ever seen the league? You said, without a doubt.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so, too.
0: Thinking yeah. about how good the league is, you and I have both seen the league at some bad stretches, too. Yeah. What was the worst team that you played against when you were at Gonzaga? Oh, that's a good question. The worst Like you just walk in knowing it shoot around. Hey, we're preparing for a forty point win. Yeah, what are they going to throw at us to make it look interesting the first ten minutes of the game before we figure it out at the second media timeout? Yeah, that was a
1: hard one because I mean, honestly, I know this is not the topic, but we we didn't blow anybody out like the teams do now. So I'm trying to think of there was there any games where these teams were just absolutely a terrible. I like to say San Francisco, but we lost to San Francisco my sophomore year. So like, I can't even honestly off the top of my head, think of like a really, really bad West coast conference team when I was playing. That makes sense. And maybe that was, we were obviously good. I only lost two conference games of mine, but
0: you guys got everybody's best shot.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, but we weren't as deep and we didn't have as, you know, much as talented guys. And that's, when I say talent, it's based off, you know, the, the recruiting services. So, like, we could sit here and argue and maybe we'll have those conversations in the summer when the season's not going mm-hmm. Like, all right, hypothetically, this player versus this player in Gonzaga history and, and do it with logic and facts. But we didn't have, you know, Hunter Silas comes off the bench. He's a top six recruit. Probably was started for us. He would start for any other team in the country. Yes. That's my that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's not a knock on who played with us before. It's just on based off of, you know, kind of talent. So we never blew anybody out. You guys were kind of like that too, right?
0: We didn't the only true team that was Really bad in the league at the time was St. Mary's. Oh, and yeah. This was before Randy Bennett took it over.
1: Was it? Was that? Is that when they had Big World or Big Continent or whatever? Or was that? No, right? Brad okay. Millard. That was yeah.
0: that was a few years before okay. my group. But um we beat St. Mary's, I think, by fifty on the road. Yeah. And Anthony Reason, if you remember that name, mm-hmm. he had he had the A train. He had the greatest dunk I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah. And I've this always, was before TV. Yeah, I've always
1: wanted to ask some of the older guys because. I've heard guys reference that dunk. Does Anybody have it on like old game film or at all? Like I, you guys I don't, had to film the game. Well, we
0: had the coaches video yeah. because there was like, so for example, the, the game against Pepperdine where I hit nine threes and a mm-hmm. half, that game wasn't on TV. No, yeah. I have the coaches copy somewhere. Yeah. We had a, a couple other games where all, I still have the coaches DVD copy at my house, but that game, no TV, and I think it was just a raw feed of like a coach having a camcorder up top. That's how yeah, yeah. far the program has come. Mm-hmm. But it was at the end of the first half, and somebody took like a, a quick, hurried three. And Anthony Reason literally sprinted from like the, the top of the key on one end all the way down the floor. And he caught it, and I don't know how he caught it. He reached his arm way back, and he jumped over like uh, two guys were trying to grab it as well. Mm-hmm. He jumped over the top and threw it down. The whole gym stopped. Mm-hmm. Like our whole team just stopped and looked at him like did you really you just, just do, do that? Yeah. And we went in the locker room and everyone was just like looking at him in amazement for like a minute. I mean, you could ask Alex Hernandez, Zach oh, I, that's Gordon, what I'm saying. Like, everybody.
1: I've I've heard that from multiple guys from that era who, you know, I played with, it, you know, open run and like so consider them friends and like yeah. you know, understand when they're they're not just bigging up their own generation or own group like that train dunk was the best thing i've ever seen in my entire life in a basketball game i've heard multiple (laughs) guys say i'm always like well where the is the tape you know what i mean and so it's funny you say it wasn't on tv but that's gonna be one of those things where if i can remember and go to the next game one of the interns or one of the you know assistant coach guys low on the totem pole that does cut the film like hey what year was that 99 2000 would have been the 0102 season so then hey you got to go through 0102 you got to look for the saint mary's film they could probably dig it up for you and bring yeah it. go that, through the archives that needs to be spread upon the gonzaga like uh, fan base like hey let's not forget about this era and this these type of dunks yes so you need to find that
0: oh that's a for okay real. gonzaga nation SI. we're on it let's yeah, figure it out let's figure it out that would Hands down, because you've probably seen some plays over the time of your career, mm-hmm. high school, college, NBA, that's just jaw dropping. Yeah, yeah. That's what that play was.
1: Yeah. No, I've seen a couple dunks where, obviously, where you just, like, shake your head and, yeah, where you kind of just pause and you're like, how that, – that's like doing that on a small gym or, like, or a small hoop, you know, like eight foot. Like, yeah. how do you do that in <laughs> real life, you know? And, uh, like I said, I'm not kidding. Like, this is not just for the show. Like, I've heard – Foxy talk about that. I've heard Al talk about that. You mentioned it. I remember having beers with Zach Gord a few years ago. He talked about that. Like because we always talk about some of mm-hmm. the old stuff. Chunk has mentioned that dunk to me, Corey yeah. Violet. So like I'm always like <laughs> I want to see this dunk. Like, yes. Um, so yeah, it's on you guys. Hopefully the maybe the fans too can dig it up. Maybe somebody has it on YouTube or something or old games yeah. on YouTube. Got so 0102, 0102 at St. Mary's at,
0: Saint Mary's. at the end of the first half. Okay. So then Mind blowing. we get, get people reference. All right. Well, anyone listening to this podcast, if you have any other plays that you thought were phenomenal, send it to our, put a comment on our YouTube, on our Instagram, social media, Twitter platforms, whatever it may be. Who knows? Maybe, uh, our social media coordinator can dig those up. So for Adam Morrison, I'm Dan Dickow. We look forward to continuing to share the conversation at Gonzaga basketball.